0: Hey Friends, welcome to the URU you you Podcast. My name is Jenny Lianne, and I'm the writer and artist behind the Yay Project. Come join in as we encourage each other to celebrate our God-given design, pursue our kingdom calling, and most of all, love God 100 percent. Can't wait to praise God with you.: As I started preparing for this episode, Google Doc opened, asking God to lead. I saw a vision of a child standing on top of a cliff holding a wooden staff, looking into the distance with a large lion standing nearby, looking at the child fondly, light shining all around. And I got the sense that the child was looking into the distance and ready to act, strengthened by time already spent in the lion's arms, enjoying his presence, speaking with him about heart matters looking at things the lion had shown. And so now the child was ready to act, but before acting came the reminder from the lion to fly on Eagle's wings. And I felt God was reminding me, I want to help you. Don't forget. I want to help you remember whose you are. Not just me, of course, but all his children. We don't need to do things in our own strength We're not to get a vision from God and then work on our own, but God wants to help us. And like what a privilege it is to do things with God. So over the past few weeks, I felt God leading me to think about sowing and serving and multiplication. I've studied the parable of the talents in Matthew 25, 14 to 30, where Jesus shows us God expects us to sow or invest what he's given to us. And if we don't, if we sit on it for too long because we're afraid and we never act, we're in danger of being called wicked and lazy. I've meditated on Mark 10, 42 to 45, where Jesus explains that rulers in this world lorded over their people, but amongst its children, amongst his children, it will be different as whoever wants to be a leader must be a servant. For Jesus himself came not only to serve others, but to give his life. And multiplication, to be honest, I'm not naturally focused on results. I'm much more of a heart-led person, sort of just wanting to do my best. And when it comes to serving, I want to serve God as best as I can, enjoying every step without worrying too much about the end result. Because sometimes, like, thinking about doing big, bold things for God can seem intimidating. You know, isn't it better just to focus on God and let God multiply however he wants? And that is the right heart, but it's not bad to strategize and be purposeful and have clear direction because God does give us dreams and they're not just airy, feel good thoughts. If he's giving us this vision, you know, however ambitious it might seem to us, however intimidating, he wants us to steward it well, believe it will come to pass and act accordingly. And right now my church's sermon, coincidentally, not coincidentally, is on god-given dreams it's time to dream again and i felt god wanted me to read john Bevere's book x multiplying your god-given potential at the same time as our church's annual fast which goes on until the 30th of january and so it should feel really exciting um but i found myself struggling with it a little bit and asking god to help me sort out my confusion like Lord, I love that you're calling me to serve others more this season. I know I've been in, you know, places of wanting to focus on my own problems in the past few seasons. And I finally feel like I'm in a place where I can. and I'm really excited to give. But then why are you asking me to think about multiplication? Like, how does it go together? And I don't know if you're feeling God speaking to you about your future too. I think it's, you know, a natural place as we start the year. be seeking god about our goals and dreams for the year if you are i pray that we can continue to pray and seek and wait and listen to what god is saying and encourage one another and have faith that what god says will come to pass ezekiel 12 25 says for i am the lord if i say it it will happen and again, how wonderful it is that God wants to do life with us. I mean, he could accomplish his plans, all of his own, but he doesn't. He wants us, his children, to seek him and stay guests and do things together. I mean, he's absolutely king of the universe, lord of all. And even with all his amazing greatness, he cares about our input. If we say no, He won't force us. but He may reassign the task to someone else. So I'm still sorting out how being servant-hearted meets multiplication, what that balance is between results and worship. But I wanted to start you know, the, the conversation with us now, hopefully in this episode, in that it might help us strengthen our foundation and remember our why, the why we want to work hard and achieve as we figure out how to carry out these God-given dreams this year. So back to the vision, in it, God wanted the child to act. He was expecting the child to act and the child might not know every single step to take, but he'd already been given the vision. He wasn't alone. He'd already spent time with the Lion of Judah, Jesus. Spent sweet time in his presence, sharing his heart, learning about Jesus' character, growing in strength, knowing what it was to truly be a child of God. And so as the child is preparing to act, as we are entering this year and stepping into greater revelation of who God is and what he's doing, it's so important to not forget him because what does the Bible say about the line of Judah? I love these passages uh, just to reflect on like the mightiness of Jesus. And so backing up, Judah is first mentioned in Genesis as one of Jacob's 12 sons one of Joseph's brothers. And before Jacob passed, he blessed each of his sons. And when it came to Judah, he said, Judah, your brothers will praise you. Your hand will be on the neck of your enemies. Your father's sons will bow down to you. You are a lion's cub, Judah. You return from the prey, my son. Like a lion, he crouches and lies down. Like a lioness, who dares to rouse him. The scepter will not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet, until he to whom it belongs shall come, and the obedience of the nation shall be his. He will tether his donkey to a vine, his colt to the choicest branch. He will wash his garments in wine, the robes in the blood of grapes. His eyes will be darker than wine, his teeth whiter than milk. Genesis 49, 8-12. This messianic prophecy points to the second coming of Jesus, the descendant of Judah who will rule the earth. In Revelation 5, the line of Judah is also mentioned, when John weeps because no one was found worthy to open the scroll which details God's plan for the world. In five, three, it seemed that no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth has the divine authority or power to answer the angel's call. But then in verse 5, one of the elders says to John, Do not weep. See the lion of the tribe of Judah. The root of David has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. And the whole created order joins in a new song of praise to Jesus, our lion and lamb, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and break its seals and open it. For you were slaughtered and your blood has ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have caused them to become a kingdom of priests for our God. And they will reign on the earth. 5 verses 9 and 10. The description of God's people as a kingdom of priests who will enjoy ultimate victory and will reign with Christ reflects the images of Jesus as both our king and high priest. One day, as believers, we will be in an eternal kingdom that will honor and worship God forever. And ruling this kingdom will be Jesus, the Lion of the tribe of Judah. Now. Do you ever think about the fact that life as we know it is preparing us for eternity? That what we do on earth will affect our eternity. Pastor Greg Laurie of Harvest Christian Fellowship says, Heaven is not some mysterious atmospheric realm of smoke and mirrors. Heaven is a real place for real people where we will do real things. The things we go through in life are not just preparing us for the opportunities God will reveal during our time on this earth, but God is also preparing us for heaven. The Bible Project's teaching on New Heaven and New Earth, Revelation 21 reminds us that there's no temple building in the New Jerusalem. It will be a great city where human cultures and all their diversity work together in peace and harmony before God. The teaching explains. The presence of God and the Lamb that was once limited to the temple now permeate every square inch of the new world. There's a new humanity there, fulfilling the calling placed on them all the way back on page one of the Bible. Humanity will rule in God's image, partnering with God in taking this creation into new and uncharted territory. This is the hope of the story of the Bible. God's domain and our domain will one day completely unite. All things will be made new. Death will be replaced with life. The whole earth will be a recreation of the garden and the glory of the temple will cover it. Every nation will be blessed through the power of the resurrected Jesus and God's own personal presence will permeate every square inch of the new creation. And as for work, Professor Michael Whitmer in his book, Becoming Worldly Saints, reminds us that God's future plan is not destruction, but restoration. That God didn't say, I am making new everything, but I am making everything new. He does not promise to make new things to furnish the new earth, but to renew the things that are already here. And one last bit of research. The Institute for Faith, Work, and Economics have a great article called, What Will Work Be Like in New Heaven and New Earth? Which shows us that many aspects of human work will continue in New Jerusalem, Isaiah 65, 21-23. It may even include the best of human culture and achievements, past, present, and future, such as the wheel, Handel's messiah, food, architecture, roads, government, technology, etc. Revelation 21, 24, and 26. And that if we understand that some of the things we do now could be carried over into eternity, it could radically change our attitudes and actions in our work while God hasn't shown us exactly what work will be like for all eternity, I think what he has shown us is already so meaty. What a privilege and joy it will be to not only be with Jesus, but serve with him, serve him. What a thought that how we serve him now, personal worship in the workplace, how we love on our family through creative arts and outreach is preparing us for eternity. And no matter what, like God is worthy of our very best today, isn't He? We shouldn't be waiting to give God our very best only when we see Him face to face, right? So I pray that we're not giving God any less than our best. And remembering that we can spend time with Jesus and rely on the Holy Spirit because, you know, we're not perfect. It's so hard to obey all the time, but with the Holy Spirit, we can. Live a life that is so much better than one that one where we just rely on our own strength. Yes, we have talents to steward, and I pray that God does multiply our efforts and make them successful, as it says in Psalm 90:17. But in stewarding them, may we grow in our relationship with our Redeemer, Savior, and very best friend. May we have Isaiah 4031 imprinted on our hearts this year, believing. Those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Let's close this episode in prayer. Father God, I praise you for your incredibleness. What an honor it is to see even glimpses of your great beauty, wisdom, and might. Your plan is beyond comprehension. What a blessing it is to ponder your mysteries, parables, prophecies, and more. I'm so thankful we can be sure of you, that you are always guiding us somewhere good. That Jesus' return, life with you in eternity is not scary, it is not lesser than what we know now. Help us to surrender any fears to you. For your ways are best, your love is secure, and as we pursue the dreams you're laying on our hearts, help us to never fall into sinful traps of pride or perfectionism. But may we do all things with love to worship you. Lead us closer to you, I pray. Help us not to delay in running to you when we make mistakes. But no, you welcome us with open arms because you are good. We love you. We thank you for all you have given us, Lord. You've given us so much. In Jesus name, I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the URU Podcast. If you enjoyed it, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts and share the episode. Let's share God's love together. For podcast updates, subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and follow Yay Podcast on Instagram. For reflections and art, follow the.yay.project on Instagram. Sending you lots of love, and let's praise God together again next time.